The idea of new year, new you, too often seems to start with a headfirst dive into a restrictive shred or fat loss diet. Every year is the same. A goal is set to lose weight, get a six pack, become the fittest and strongest version of yourself. And all of this is supposed to start as soon as January 1 hits. This is going to be the year that you don't cave before February comes around. This is going to be the year that you finally turn into the perfect, fittest, happiest version of yourself. Or at least that is what you tell yourself until the first week of January has already got you feeling like a failure. But what if it's not you? What if you are every bit as capable as you set off to be, but it's the plan that's failing you? Welcome to the Body and Beyond podcast with Alice and Gina. A podcast sparking discussion on all things health, mindset, fitness, goals, and motivation. We strive to help you to boost your confidence, to take the lead in your own life, to back yourself, and to step into your full potential. Welcome back, guys. Today, we want to chat about how you can set yourself up for success long-term this coming new year and finally say goodbye to the version of you that never follows through. The fact is that growth and real change is hard, but what is harder and more painful is trying to change over and over and never making that change. And that's today's topic. Hello, Alice. Hey, G. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm really good. Thank you. I'm super excited to chat about this topic today because I feel like it's super relevant. Obviously, we're coming into the new year and it is typically that time where people start setting up their short term extreme goals, which tend to never really get that far or, you know, often don't really serve people in the long run. So it'd be great to break some of that down today and really discuss some better ways to help our audience to set long-term goals for the next year ahead and not only long-term, but achievable. Yeah, it is such an important topic. It is really sad to see so many people over and over year after year, not follow through and then beat themselves up about it. They're not following through with their new year's resolution or their goals. And unfortunately that gives people evidence that they can't achieve the goal that they're wanting to achieve. It just gives them evidence over and over again that it's not possible for them when Mm -hmm. really the things we're going to be covering today is that sometimes people don't have a realistic goal in the first place. They're not breaking down, breaking it down into steps and stages. They're not necessarily giving themselves the best chance to accomplish this goal. Yeah. So firstly, I think to start the podcast, it'd be really helpful to distinguish why it is that most people end up failing their plans or their goals in the new year to start with. Generally, I guess today we are talking about weight loss goals, fat loss goals, nutrition and dieting. But of course, this can be so relevant across the whole um, the whole spectrum, hey? The whole, like, regardless of what someone's goal is, a lot of these, these components are going to be relatable for different goals. However, we are specifically as well speaking about fat loss today, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. So that brings me to the first point, and that is usually the goal that people set or the diet that people tend to adopt coming into the new year is too restrictive, too hard, too fast. So too low calories leads them to being super hungry, binge eating, feeling moody, unhappy, underperforming, which very quickly leads to giving up. So 
something that is too restrictive um, is never going to be sustainable long-term. Of course, we know that. That's something that we talk about a lot. And it's it's challenging, hey, because, and I think we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but people have just come out of this indulgent Christmas period and then, you know, lots of drinks on New Year's and so on and so forth. So they're actually feeling, their body feels like they do need to cut right back. And this is where we see a lot of people going from celebration, indulgent mode and having potentially an, in, an increase in calories to then dropping down to very drastic low calories, which isn't sustainable. Exactly. Today, we're going to be going through like, how can we set a sustainable target? And for a lot of people, that doesn't mean dropping down to super low restrictive calories. It's coming out of the holiday period and then moving into something that's sustainable and nourishing for the body. Um, Yes, there may be a slight reduction in calories, but it's not going to be something that sends you over the edge being moody or unhappy, binging on food, et cetera. So setting yourself a goal that is too restrictive, too hard, too fast. We know that is definitely one of the big red flags to set yourself up to failure. The second thing that I want to discuss that can lead to people to failing their New Year's goals is actually not having a plan after the plan. So basically signing up for a 30-day challenge or a six-week shred um, with having no intention to follow it up with the plan after the plan in order to sustain the results long term. And this is where people go wrong, right? Because whether it's a New Year goal or whether it's a goal somewhere later in the year, if you're just planning to do a diet, without actually thinking about how you're going to sustain the diet the diet or sustain the results from the diet, mm-hmm. then this is where people tend to actually revert back to old habits, old patterns straight after. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the time they end up just regaining the weight that they've just lost. And that's the thing, right? Because we want to, any, any result that we get, we want to sustain that result. So if it is getting a little bit leaner, you want to maintain that long-term. There's no point in doing a diet if you're just going to go back to how you were afterwards, right? So yes. Exactly. So it's probably a great idea to explain a little about how and why you need to have the diet after the diet. So when you do choose to do a fat loss phase or a fat loss diet, your body does adapt and it's something called metabolic adaptation. Okay. So when you do reduce those calories in order to be in a deficit and lose body fat over time, depending on how long you're dieting for, especially those who have been dieting for a longer period of time. So if you have quite a lot of fat to lose, maybe you've been dieting for, you know, up to 12 weeks, there will become a point where your metabolism does adapt to the lower calorie intake. So when your metabolism adapts to the lower calories, after you finish dieting, what you essentially have to do is basically reverse diet, slowly increase the calories back out to maintenance to avoid gaining excess fat back after you've just lost the weight. So if you do this slowly, the whole idea is that your metabolism will actually adapt and increase without fat gain as long as you're doing it at a slow pace so this essentially is how people lose the weight and then keep the weight off and just for those listening al what how would you describe maintenance to our listeners for anyone who doesn't know what maintenance is yeah so your maintenance is basically the place where you're not losing weight and you're not gaining weight so it's basically eating the exact amount of food that your body needs to be fueled to have good energy, to be able to gain lean muscle, to train well, um, and basically fuel and nourish your body. So maintenance is definitely 
something that we're going to talk more about today because I feel like it's so underrated when it comes to health and fitness. And we also want to discuss how there is absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to go into a fat loss phase in the new year. But really, we want to emphasize that there are ways that you can ensure that your fat loss phase is sustainable and it'll allow you to progress throughout the whole of 2022, not just a short-term fat loss phase in January, 2022. So we want to, rather than thinking a 30 day or an eight week diet, we want to think what is going to serve us long-term, not just in the short term. Exactly. So my biggest advice for anyone who's still wanting to go ahead and do fat loss or lose weight in the new year, if that really is something that you want to achieve either for your health um, or any other reason, The biggest advice is to make sure that if you're going to do a deficit in a fat loss phase, you have to plan for the diet after the diet as well. Like you cannot just plan for the fat loss phase itself. It's, it's basically half the job. It's not the full job done. So if you are planning to do this, planning for the diet after the diet should definitely make a priority on that list of new year's goals as well. And so many people, they come out of that Christmas period feeling a bit gross, feeling a bit like they've overindulged, you know, New Year's period, feeling a bit hungover even on the 1st of January. So when people are feeling like that, that's why they find it so easy to drop their calories right down to next to nothing and go into diet mode for the first week or so. Only going to last so long before you start to feel the effects of a calorie deficit. Can you go into that, Alice? Exactly. I think this is something that everyone needs to remember that being in a calorie deficit and losing weight is not easy and it's not comfortable. It's it's naturally not going to be comfortable because you're eating less than your body needs to keep running at its maintenance, right? You're in a deficit. So um, it is only part of the process to feel hungry for energy energy levels to start to come down um, if you're really getting towards the end of a fat loss phase you've been dieting for a long time it can affect your mood so being in a calorie deficit or doing a diet phase um, doesn't always make you feel the best right mm. and it's funny because like you just said often people set this goal because they want to feel better because they're feeling a bit yuck after indulging in Christmas, they've gained a couple kilos maybe, um, and they just feel, they don't feel great about themselves. So their natural instinct is to go straight into fat loss phase, but really maybe so many people would benefit more from setting a goal to nourish and stay at maintenance as their first step towards a healthier routine and also achieving those health goals in the new year. The last point I wanted to make was that change must come from within to be lasting and sustainable. So change, it has to be genuinely what you desire and what you want. You can't be doing what everyone else is doing. You can't be trying to appease someone in your family or your partner. Whatever you're working towards, you have to have a powerful why. You have to know that that is what you want so you can move towards that and you'll be motivated long-term to continuously create that change. It's not going to be quick. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a long-term thing. Exactly. And that comes back to really knowing your why when you're setting these goals, because like we were saying, it can be really easy to just fall into the trap of following what seems to be the norm or that social um, acceptability in the new year. Everyone wants to get back on track with their health and fitness, start a new goal. Um, So are you doing this just because everyone else around you is doing it? Or is there really something deep inside you that um, 
that you want to do for yourself. This mm. is definitely the first step, I think, in, in setting any type of goal is knowing your why and whether that's something you genuinely want to succeed or achieve. Mm-hmm. And so now we're moving into how can you make your change, your new change sustainable? Yeah, great. So let's chat through some of the points basically that can help people to um, sustain whatever goal they are setting for the new year. So the first thing would go back to the point that we were talking about earlier, and that is stopping the extremes. So remember guys, you don't need to go into keto, vegan, cut your carbs, do liquid diets to lose weight. And you know what? The industry and marketing is rife around this time for all of these 30 day challenges, juice Mm. cleanses, because they know people are feeling vulnerable in the way that they feel. They know people are taking advantage, aren't they? Exactly. They know people are feeling crappy. They've probably eaten a little too much through the festive season um, and they just feel like they want to get back on track with how they feel energy wise as well. So marketing um, keto diets and vegan diets to lose fat is simply not one. It's not sustainable for most people. And two, you don't actually need to do that. You don't need to do any of these extreme diets to lose weight. And of course that comes down to your energy balance being the biggest factor in fat loss overall. And energy balance is basically um, the relationship between how much energy you're consuming and how much energy you're burning in a day. Um, So obviously consuming less than what you are burning is going to mean you're going to be in a calorie deficit. And this is the prime factor for fat loss. So it really does come down to how much you're consuming um, overall than exactly what you're eating, which is why specific fad diets like keto or vegan don't necessarily serve for fat loss goals. Mm, mm. Another thing to, to take into consideration is not only your balance of protein, fats, and carbs, but also what are you consuming? Are you eating whole foods? Are you eating lots of fruits and vegetables and getting the micronutrients that your body needs? Are you taking care of your gut health? So some of these other contributing factors can lead to feeling like you're really performing well, feeling that you feel nourished and healthy. You're not just ticking the boxes. Exactly. And I'm such a big advocate for this in my own coaching in that um, there is a lot of, uh, I guess, programs out there that will typically just preach calories in, calories out, or they'll call it SECO, um, which is basically just, I feel, neglecting a little bit around the importance of what you're actually eating when it comes to whole foods, your gut health, your hormone health, because these things also play a massive role in your health and also being able to lose weight or lose fat as well. So um, although yes, the amount of calories you eat is probably the primary factor, it also matters the quality of the food that you're eating as well. And like you mentioned earlier, Gina, your macro split as well. We know that you need a certain amount of protein in order to maintain or grow Um, extra lean muscle mass. We know that muscle mass plays a huge role in body composition. Um, So for that reason, you know, actually having a good macro breakdown and a balance in your nutrition is also really important as well for both fat loss and health goals. And the next point here is to stop planning for the short term only. So we want to encourage you to set both short and long-term goals and making sure that they are smart. So specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. Yeah. And so I guess an example of that would be if you're just setting out to sign up for a 30 day 
juice diet. I hope they're not 30 days long, but a 30 day juice cleanse or some sort of shred program that you found online, that really is only a very short term goal, right? You're not, you're not planning for the medium and long-term smart goals with that. So it's not really going to help you with your goals in the long run. And just noting as well that change does happen in steps and stages over a period of time. So anyone who's just attacking a super short-term goal, they're failing to see that true change, like developing your body over time or changing your eating or losing body fat or whatever your goal is, it's not going to be short-term, okay? It is going to take time to make true change. And that comes down to... Um, also being in it for the journey and not just that one goal or focusing on the goal itself, but realizing that um, the journey and the process along the way is going to be filled with lessons, hard times, progress is not linear. So it's going to go up, it's going to go down and that's completely normal. And that's how it is. It's how it should be. We're all human. So um, that brings us to that last point of finding the balance and trying to eliminate that all or nothing mentality, because this is definitely not going to serve you um, for long-term goals, is it? Mm, no. And if you are, if you do find yourself having that all or nothing mentality, like really reflect on that. Has that worked for you in the past? what we normally find is that if someone has that black or white thinking, that either or thinking, that kind of person is either on or they're off. And most of the time, people with that kind of thinking, they're off rather than having flexibility and having a achievable, maintainable approach to nutrition, or they're either training or they're not, rather than having a sustainable training program that integrates with their life and can fit into their weekly schedule around their other commitments and around their family. Basically, the whole idea of having a bandwagon to jump on and off, it's a myth. It's not really true. There, there should never be a bandwagon, right? Um, you, you're never jumping on or off the bandwagon. And I tell my clients um, this same thing, you know, because often they'll come to me and say, oh, I had a really busy week, something happened. I didn't get to take my meals with me or had to go away for work last minute, couldn't prep my meals. I've fallen off a bandwagon. I'm like, there, there's no such thing as falling off a bandwagon. Mm. Like it just, it is what it is. And you just keep going through that journey and keep going through that process. And if it's something that you feel like you could have been more prepared with, then you can always reflect on that and look at how you can maybe improve for the next time that pops up. But, you know, setting these unrealistic goals to enter something for short term and to restrict yourself, um, not allow yourself to have days off tracking or have days where it doesn't work or go to plan is only going to set yourself up to feeling like you're failing. And notice your language. Like, are you the kind of person that says I've fallen off the bandwagon and that's your excuse or that's your reason? Like, it's a metaphor. There is no bandwagon. It doesn't exist. So try and catch yourself if you're using that language and almost giving yourself permission to fall off the bandwagon when there is no bandwagon. So when it comes to going into a diet phase for the new year, the fact is, is that for change, for really achieving your goals, for losing fat, whatever it is, there's never one phase. There's multiple phases. There's the fat loss phase. There's also a reverse diet that's often required for someone to get back to sustainable maintenance level for themselves. Can you go into the details of that, Al? Yeah, of course. I mean, this is a really big reason as to why I have a minimum commitment period to my coaching programs. A lot of people will look at that and just think it's something to do with 
wanting to work with someone who's committed, I think. But really, I mean, I guess in a way it is, but in a sense, it's more to do with the fact that as a coach, I cannot physically coach someone through a fat loss phase without also having the time to help them understand and be able to maintain the results from that fat loss phase. So if someone comes to me to do um, an eight or a 12 week fat loss phase, and then they leave and they stop coaching, there is you know, no structure and no plan to help them then sustain what they've just achieved. So it's only a job half done. This is one of the biggest reasons why my coaching programs do go for longer because we have to factor in that if someone wants to do a fat loss phase, they also need to do the exit or the the exit plan as well, right? So most of the time, um, if you've been dieting for quite some time, it will require a reverse diet phase. So I guess if I was to sum it up, you know, in a pretty basic way, if you were going to lose body fat for, let's say, 12 weeks, say you lose 12 kilos in 12 weeks, um, by the 12-week point, you're probably going to be in a pretty big calorie deficit because you do have to keep decreasing calories as you go um, to combat what we know as metabolic adaptation. So your metabolism will slowly adapt to the food intake each time. It does this because it's trying to sustain you. It's trying to allow you to live off the calories that you're giving it. So it's slowly adapting to those calories every time you're dropping them. So when you get to the end of a 12-week diet phase, you've dropped 12 kilos, you're probably eating a lot less calories than you started. From here, you have to do the opposite. And basically, just like your body adapts to the lower calories, you're going to do it in the opposite direction. So you're going to make it adapt or readapt to a higher amount of calories. So you're essentially reversing back up slowly. And of course, this can take another um, couple of months, especially if you've been dieting for a long period. Um, So once you've then reversed calories back up, this gives you an opportunity to then be back at a maintenance or sustainable calorie intake while still having achieved that 12 kilos or close to 12 kilos fat loss that you've achieved previously. So this is probably one of the steps or exit strategies that people forget about when they enter into these fad diets, um, which is why often people tend to go, oh, you know, I'm just going to put the the fat back on again because they Mm -hmm. don't know how to do the exit strategy. So you might do a fat loss phase, a reverse diet phase. And then what I highly recommend a lot of my clients to do is if you've done a fat loss phase, spend time at maintenance after that. Spend a really good time at maintenance to, and one, enjoy actually fueling your body and nourishing your body. And two, giving your body the best opportunity that it can to gain more lean muscle. And it's easier to do this when you're fueling your body at a maintenance intake than it is when you're in a calorie deficit. So it's easier to train hard, isn't it? Exactly. Maintenance. Good energy, good training, increased lean muscle mass. You tend to do this in cycles over time. And this is why we always say slow changes long-term end up being giving you the best results, right? Because Mm. so many people may have to do this cycle three or four times before they get to a place where they truly feel like they want to be right so they might do a fat loss phase reverse diet stay at maintenance for three months increase lean muscle Um, but now their starting place is somewhere completely different than it was when they started before so the next time they do a fat loss diet they're going to be losing further fat 
not only are they reducing more fat, but they've got an increase in muscle mass as well. So their metabolism is going to be naturally a little higher. Um, and of course, the increase in muscle mass is going to help with body composition on how they look as well. So you can see that already, if you were to do two or three cycles, this could be a full year of progression. So this is why that typical six-week or 30-day diet at the start of the year really isn't going to serve you. You've really got to have that long-term plan in place. And really you're setting yourself up for success in years and years and years to come, right? Because, you know, for you guys listening, I want you to reflect on and think, do you have a friend or a family member who perhaps, you know, does a short-term fat loss phase? four week challenge, six week challenge, but they do it every year. And then they put the weight back on again and then they do it again. And then they put the weight back on again. So really what Alice is explaining is if you put in the effort and the work and you you usually need to hire someone to work with, to get you through these different phases, hire a professional, then you can achieve this fantastic progress, which is going to be long-term for you. It's not going to come back year after year, this drop increase, drop increase. You know, you're actually setting yourself up for success long-term and sustainable, um, sustainable body composition, basically, as you get older. Yeah. And it's all about continual progression. There is no end goal. Um, As we talk about often, there's no specific number that's going to all of a sudden just be the goal or be the number that's going to make you happy progress and continually improving your strength and your fitness and your body composition is basically an infinite journey. You can just continue to keep progressing without it being something where you're always striving for wanting more though. Right. Because the thing is, if you're continually fueling yourself, if you're enjoying your training, it becomes part of your lifestyle. So it's not, mm. it's not really something that you're just continually working towards, but more something that just happens slowly over time. Because like you say, it's those really small habits that you put in every day that form the bigger picture. So often when someone sees a goal or thinks of a goal, it can be so overwhelming because you think, oh, how the hell am I going to get there? How much hard work is it going to take? How much sacrifice is it going to take? But Along the way, at some point, the goal would be to adopt this into your lifestyle so it doesn't really seem like, you know, too big of a challenge to be progressing. No, it just becomes part of your identity. Like mm. it is who you are. So you, that, that's how you operate. That's how you nourish your body. That's how you train. It just becomes who you are rather than this big faraway goal. Yeah, absolutely agree. The next point that we come to is starting with small achievable changes and slowly progressing from there. So consider what is the change or the goal that you have in mind and what are the habits required to make that change? So if you're going to break down your goal into small, actionable, achievable changes or small micro goals, how are you going to do that? And what are those small actionable habits? So for example, if someone is wanting to lose fat, for example, you don't just lose fat, do you? You have to look at your sleep. You have to look at when you're training. You have to look at when you get up in the morning, what are you doing? What are your habits? Are you having a glass of water? Are you having a nourishing breakfast? So you start stacking all these micro habits together to help you over time create that change or become that leaner version of yourself if that's your goal so you can see how you know diving straight into a 30-day 
liquid diet is not mm. exactly going to set you up with these goals, is it? Because you're not going to be right. able to sustain that long term. You probably won't even be able to sustain it past a week, to be honest. Or personally, I wouldn't be able to. No, um, it's just but a you- band-aid, isn't it? Like it's it's here, do these, what is it? What did you say? Liquid diets are here, have these shakes. Yeah. And then after 30 days, you're good to go. Like, it's not that simple. Mm. How do we integrate real change into the daily habits to have this new version, this new way of being that you can continue with for the rest of your life? Yeah. And the other thing is like, it comes back to setting yourself up not to fail because, you know, that doesn't help with your mindset. So, you really do want to start small, set a goal or set a couple of small goals for say the first week of January, for example, that you absolutely know are going to be achievable. You know, you can achieve those goals and just start there. Then the following week, you might be able to stack something else into that. So you're really slowly implementing things along the way, but don't set yourself up with a goal that deep down, you know, you're not going to be able to achieve. And that's what's really challenging. Hey, a lot of people start all of these massive changes on the 1st of January. So not only, you know, the example might be someone who doesn't exercise, they don't train. So all of a sudden, 1st of January onwards, they're now training six days a week, some people seven days a week. They're also starting a new diet. They're also completely changing the way that they live their life. They might be changing their social scenario because all of a sudden they're in diet mode you know there's all of these massive changes to their lifestyle and they all hit you at once that's not necessarily going to be sustainable the person's completely uprooted and changed their life and there's a quote that you mentioned earlier Gina by Gabby Bernstein which I really liked and I think relates to this topic and that is the key to taking a leap and doing something that's beyond your comfort zone is to have the willingness to be imperfect And I think that relates perfectly with what we were talking about earlier with not falling on and off the bandwagon and not having that all or nothing mentality, but instead recognizing that you are human, there are going to be ups and downs along the way. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So instead, we need to see the whole process. We need to see the journey and see that all of the barriers, the stuff ups, the mistakes, the steps back, they're all part of the journey forward. So reframing how we see failure, reframing how we see imperfection or making mistakes. I agree. And what else do you think that people need to consider? The other thing to consider is your thinking. So I love the quote, if you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. So really, I want you guys to reflect on your thinking and recognize what thinking is serving you and what thinking is not serving you. If your thinking is holding you back or if you find yourself falling victim to your limitations, what are you going to do about it? And that's going to be a bit of self-reflection, right? So notice, notice times when you do fall victim to your thinking or you talk yourself out of something or you don't back yourself. Yeah. So the last point that I wanted to bring on um, basically making it a sustainable change in the new year is the thought about maybe instead of throwing yourself into another diet or a fat loss phase is actually staying at maintenance. How about setting yourself a goal to nourish your body with good fuel, to energize your body for your training sessions, to perform well and to feel your best? Because you can definitely do this with a maintenance phase. And I do honestly feel that maintenance is definitely underrated when it comes to results because there is so much that you can still achieve 
in this phase. People often think that maintenance means staying the same, not going anywhere, staying as you are. But the reality is the things that you can achieve while striving for maintenance is actually building better habits around your food, um, building better relationship with your food, increase in muscle mass, which again, we keep coming back to plays such a big role in your body composition. And it gives you energy to also thrive in other areas of your life. So if you also have some amazing business goals that you want to achieve this year as well, fueling your body, fueling your mind and your brain to be able to perform well in all areas of your life is going to be really beneficial for you. So, I mean, I guess that is something that I would love to put to people as well is think about it. Do you have to go into a fat loss phase this new year? Would a maintenance phase be better for you? Mm, And that's a really good point you made. It's even if someone wants to lose fat, it doesn't mean that their focus at this moment in time needs to be fat loss, right? There's so many other amazing goals that you can have in your life, whether it is business focus or whether it's relationship focus or starting a family or, you know, performing really, really well in your, in your role at work. So you can move to the next pay grade, whatever that is for you, you can have these different, um, different focuses at different points in time and allow yourself to stay at maintenance achieve these other goals and then move into a fat loss phase when the time is right for you. It might not be right now. It might not be January. It might be a little bit later in the year. Exactly. And the other thing to think about as well is if you do struggle with your eating habits, if you struggle with your relationship with food, um, then often maintenance is still going to be quite a challenge for some people. So trying not to overeat or you know, reach for the high calorie, high sugary types of foods and to try and fuel your body with good whole foods. Um, This can be a challenge in itself. So take away the fact that you're having to be in a deficit, your energy is depleted, your mood's not great. Um, It could be a far better approach to improving those habits um, and a good starting place, basically, a good stepping stone in that direction of weight loss or fat loss, if that's what you want to achieve throughout the year. And another good thing about doing a maintenance phase or starting with a maintenance phase is it gives you time to really assess your current situation. Because the fact of the matter is that for change to occur, we first have to observe our current situation, accept where we are, own it and appreciate where we've come from and then really analyze and and decide on what our desire is to move forward to move into the next phase of life do we really want to move into this next phase do we really want to perform a fat loss phase so once you've covered all of that and once you know what you truly want then you can move into that phase when you're ready and that's why a maintenance phase can be so powerful absolutely agree and this also comes down to that last point about taking responsibility for your current situation acknowledging where you're at acknowledging your habits and acknowledging what the best and most acceptable, suitable way is for you to move forward in the new year and to avoid being stuck in the same habit or routine that you feel like you may have been in the past. Yeah. Be honest with yourself. Like what are your habits right now? And do they need a little bit of a tweak? Like, are they going to be some of the micro changes that start to happen to start with, to start small, like really be honest and notice, you know, are you getting up first thing in the morning and scrolling on your phone? Is that really setting you up for success for the day? 
what are these micro changes you can make that have a really powerful flow on effect? Great. So I think we wanted to wrap up with some questions for our listeners today. Remember that new goals require new habits. So what habits are you going to modify or adapt in order to move closer towards your goal? And the second question is reflect on what your goals are for your health and fitness, not just at the start of 2022, but up until this time next year. Ask yourself, what is it going to take to get you there? Not what it's going to take to get you to the end of January, but what is it going to take to get you to where you want to be this time next year? So think what's going to serve you in the long run this coming New Year's? Is it going to be a short-term goal, some of the things we've discussed today, or is it going to be, again, going for an unsustainable or extreme goal that's short-term? Exactly. And that brings us to our last little tip for this podcast today. And that is to write it down, guys. Write it down, keep it in front of you. And don't just write down that one goal that you set for New Year's. We want you to really break this down. Write down a short-term goal for January, or it could even just be the first three to four weeks of the year. Then write down your medium goal. So where do you want to be in, say, two to three months' time? Then also write down your longer-term goal. So where you want to be by the end of next year. How do you want to feel? Why is that goal important to you? So it's really important to take yourself away from the busyness of life, to sit down and reflect on what it is that you truly, truly want. That could mean journaling. That could be taking down some notes and reflecting on your goals for 2022. It's really easy to feel positive about your goals in the moment. But then later, when it comes to a time when you are more distracted or you're feeling overwhelmed or you're feeling a bit down or you're feeling unmotivated, you can bring yourself back to your written goals and see what it is that you truly want, even in those times when it's a little bit hard. Yeah, and I guess that's similar to um, manifestation in, in a way as well, right? Like when you're wanting to achieve certain things and you want to manifest those goals or have them somewhere visible that you can refer back to often so you can remind yourself. Um, But yeah, I think that we covered some really good topics for today and I hope that this really helps our listeners to get on the right track for coming into the new year and to make smart decisions around setting goals for the new year. All right, guys, hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thank you.